Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. We have a great news show tonight and a great guest. Chris Morris is a Los Angeles-based writer and DJ. He's a contributing writer at Variety. He was music editor at The Hollywood Reporter and senior writer for Billboard. Also, he's been a DJ at the legendary Los Angeles station Indy 103.1 and also did some time in Madtown, Madison, Wisconsin as a DJ and a cool cat. We're going to talk about Madtown and, uh, and his new book, Together Through Life, A Personal Journey, with the music of Bob Dylan. Uh, his writing has also appeared in the Los Angeles Times, Rolling Stone, Spin, Mojo, the LA Weekly, the Chicago Reader, and other publications. He was a contributing writer for the Grammy Museum in Los Angeles, and he also received a Grammy Award nomination for his notes for Rhino Records' punk rock box set, No Thanks, the 70s Punk Rebellion. As I said, he has written a great book that just came out a while ago called Together Through Life, A Personal Journey with the Music of Bob Dylan. Chris, welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Thanks very much, Paul. Great to be here. I really enjoyed the book. When did it come out? Just a couple of years ago? It came out in uh, 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 2016. It came out on uh, Dylan's 75th birthday, actually. Oh. It was released that day. Um it's really, uh, I was reading, you know, you and I are Facebook friends, so I was reading about it before mm-hmm. it came out. It's really interesting uh, for those of you out there in the Wall of Power radio land. He writes about every uh, Dylan album that was released up through 2016. On the back of the book, he said, I was retrieving a portion of my life, which I had spent almost all of in the company of Bob Dylan's music. So when did actually the genesis... How, uh, of the book, and how did it come together, Chris? Well, it, it was really a product of my own laziness. <laughs> um, uh, back back when I started writing these things, and actually I started writing them five years ago this week, huh. um, in uh, November of uh, 2013, um, I was working on a book about Los Lobos for the University of Texas Press. And uh, I'd been working on the book for like a year and a half, and I just hit a wall. I couldn't transcribe any tape, huh. and I was I was just I was blocked. So um, it, it very serendipitously, um, at that very moment, the uh, that little red box set called uh, Bob Dylan: The Complete Albums Collection, Volume One, came out, and that was all the albums that came out up through Tempest at that point, mm-hmm. and. I, you know, I, I started listening to records, and I said, well, I don't have anything else that I'm doing here, and I need to light a fire under myself. Why don't I just start writing about these records? Huh. And, um, uh, you know, started off with the first self-titled debut album. But when I got to the second record, uh, Free Wheel and Bob Dylan, which was the first Dylan album I got, um, I, I, I hit on what I was going to be doing. I wrote a very personal piece about that record because my mother had bought that album for me as a Christmas present in 1963, but she gave it to me as an early present the day that John F. Kennedy was assassinated on November 22nd, 1963. And so I wrote a piece about, you know, how I got that album. My mother giving it to me, listening to it, how it, how it kind of ref- was reflective of where I was at that very moment in time. And 
that kind of set the tone for everything in that I wrote after that. And I wrote about all the rest of the records in a very personal voice. You know, I was, uh, uh, every, ch- every chapter, it's fun to not only revisit those records in my own head and heart, uh, but it was fun to learn about your personal story. Tell us a little bit about your uh, mother. She sounded like a good lefty. Well, she was an old commie. God and, bless her. Uh, she, she was born in uh, uh, Milwaukee, grew up in West Alice, and uh, uh, she worked at the Alice Chalmers plant in, oh. uh, in Milwaukee. And she, uh, she was a union organizer. Huh. And uh, she, she saw Woody Guthrie when he was in the Almanac Singers. Wow. He used to, they used to play labor rallies in, in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when I was a kid, she still had all of her old uh, songbooks of labor songs around the house. And, and uh, I'd listen to the Midnight Special show on WFMT in Chicago, which is where I grew up. And uh, they play a lot of folk music, and um, uh, you know she was uh, she was a, a you know a lefty and a folky, and huh. so that's kind of how I was reared as as a kid. Uh, and uh, my my parents were divorced when I was very young, and she raised me, and, and I guess you could say she raised me right. It sounds like it. I have to ask you, over the years, Chris, you, you are coming from Chicago, spending time in Madison, being a big, not only a radio DJ, but a fan of radio, did you ever get to bump into Studs Terkel? It's funny. Um, Studs was a family friend. Really? And, uh, yeah, my, my father uh, and Studs were good friends. Uh, in fact, it's very interesting, I, uh, after my, my mother passed away uh, back in... in uh, uh, 2005, I got my hands on some of the books and uh, that, that she left behind. And one of them was her copy of uh, Studs' first book, uh, Division Street America. Mm-hmm. And I opened it up, and I didn't even notice. It was personally inscribed to her. Oh, uh, how sweet is that? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I only met him a couple of times. The, the best story I have is uh, my mother took me to see The Wizard of Oz when I was a kid, and um, uh, The Wicked Witch scared me. Mm-hmm. And so we let we left the theater, and in the lobby we ran into Studs and his daughter, and she was scared, and they were leaving the movie too. <laughs> one of uh, one of uh, my bucket list things that I will never be able to do was to have a martini with Studs Terkel. I go back and listen to a lot of those radio interviews he did. Of course, he was a huge fan of Woody Guthrie and and Brownie McGee and Sonny Terry. You know my guys as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, what? Uh, what what an amazing cat he was! Yeah, yeah, and uh, also, of course, a very big early supporter of Bob Dylan. Yeah, who did one of the most famous and most in depth early interviews uh, with with Dylan, where of course he lied through his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> some, some things never change, right? No, he's no, a, he's a song and dance man, and he's uh, you know he. he uh, he is whoever he wants to be, right? So yeah, uh, we have Chris so. Morrison, a great uh, music writer from Los Angeles. Uh, we're talking about his book, Together Through Life. Uh, and he, his first record was uh, Freewheeling Bob Dylan. My, fr- You know, I heard, uh, I'm a little bit younger than you. I was born in 1955. And... Of course, I heard Dylan on the radio, you know, like a Rolling Stone mm-hmm. in 66 and, and uh, uh, everybody must get stoned, you know, rainy day women. But the mm-hmm. first record I actually 
listened to. My sister came home from college in 1968 and brought home Dylan's first record, simply titled Bob Dylan. And it's amazing, mm-hmm. and, I, and, and I'd like you to speak to this. He was 21 years old at the time. He sounded like he could have been 60. Well, he was, you know, he was ripping a page right out of um, Woody Guthrie's book. Uh-huh. Um, he, he had, and, and also, I, I think some of that, you know, some of that gravitas uh, comes from the fact that he was very conversant with a lot of early folk music. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, when he, you know, he's very active on the uh, Twin Cities folk scene. Um, uh, you know, he got to know... Paul Nelson, who was a very big part of his right. musical education, because he stole some of Paul Nelson's record albums, <laughs> uh, including the Anthology of American Folk Music. Right, and uh, he, he, you know, he schooled himself, and and uh, um, uh, he he showed a maturity that a lot of his contemporaries did not. Uh, as a, I think, not just as a performer, but as a writer, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, you know, okay, he stole a lot. Mm-hmm. But he stole from the best, right. and he understood how to make what he he appropriated into his own. So that that's that's kind of what why he was a vanguard artist in a way that that uh, some of his other you know equally uh, not not equally brilliant, but uh, other brilliant contemporaries like Dave Van Rock were not. Uh, he he could he he took the raw material that he had and uh, attacked it in a very mature and thoughtful way. You know, there's a, uh, they used to get a lot of those skip broadcasts that would come from Louisiana and uh, uh, Nashville on up to the Iron Range. Some people think that uh, Dylan was one of the only ones getting them because the, uh, the iron ore was so magnetic it would, just, magnetic, it would just pick some of these shows out of the sky. So a uh, young Bob, of course, was listening to uh, uh, folk and blues, but also, you know, Little Richard and Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. But then when he uh, came down to uh, Dinky Town, was really he fell in with that Colonel uh, Rand Glover and uh, that just really phenomenal mm-hmm. flowering of the folk and blues scene in uh, where, that Paul Nelson was a part of, uh, John Pancake yeah. from yeah. the Little Sandy Review and the rest. Yeah, that uh, 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 Blues Rags and Hollers was a very big record for me when I was a kid too. Colonel mm-hmm. uh, uh, Rand Glover. Uh, you know, they were doing stuff that, that other people weren't really doing. And they, I mean, they were, they were blues band before the, the electric blues bands were really happening. Yeah. Well, uh, and they, you were, know, they were just a little bit ahead of the curve, you know, just before that first Butterfield album came out and really kind of blew the doors down a bit. And you listened to, uh, that Dave Ray anthology that came out uh, a few years ago yeah. on Red House Records. And yeah. you listen to yeah. Dave Ray singing Lead Belly at 17 years old. It'll blow your mind. I know that it, that's an amazing collection. I, I have it here myself, and it, uh, uh, he was a remarkable uh, singer and guitar player. Yeah, and uh, 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 it was it was a very fertile scene up there, and that's where that's where Dylan uh, uh, got a lot of his schooling. He was uh, he was pretty well formed by the time he arrived in New York City. Absolutely. You know, I was honored that uh, Dave Ray played my forty sixth birthday at Mazelax Bar in Northeast Minneapolis. Passed away. Three weeks later, a very good friend of wow. mine. Uh, oh, wow. I, rem- I think about Dave all the time. We're going to listen to Girl from the North Country from Free Reeling Bob Dylan and be back for the whole show on the Wall of Power Radio Hour with Chris Morris.
traveling in the North Country Fair. And the winds are hit heavy on the borderline. Remember me to one who lives there. She once was a true lover of mine If you go in the snowflake storm And the rivers freeze and the summer ends See for me if she's wearing a coat so warm Keep her from the howling wind Save on me if I have is hanging low The number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. Food nourishes us. We need food to live. But how are we nourishing the food system? Well, actually, we're throwing a bunch of chemicals and we're making the dirt dead and then we're adding nitrates to the water and we're causing dead zones in the ocean. Oh, and we're also causing climate change. We do that with every bite we eat. But we can create something different. We can switch to a regenerative system. And that's what we talk about every week on Food Freedom Radio. So tune to Food Freedom Radio Saturdays at 8 a.m. or anytime via podcast. Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. I am Athena Janakis Karras, and my family invites you to join us at It's Greek to Me on the corner of Lake and Lindale. Since purchasing this iconic restaurant two years ago, our passion has been building upon the traditional by infusing the menu and space with modern interpretations of classic Greek cuisine, sourcing fresh, authentic ingredients and recipes cultivated from our Greek heritage. Your meal will be quintessentially Greek. Find It's Greek to Me at 626 West Lake Street in Minneapolis or at It's Greek to Me MN. The local advertisers you hear on AM 950 are the lifeblood of the station. If you find yourself regularly tuning in, or if you appreciate the diversity of content we deliver, please take the time to support our advertisers. Even if it's just to thank them for backing AM 950, your voice and support can go a long way. Help keep the station going strong while investing in our local community. Find the complete list of on-air supporters by visiting the advertisers page at am950radio.com. That's am950radio.com. In the process of planning your next event, consider D'Amico Catering. Their team brings extensive experience and knowledge to the table to ensure that your event runs smoothly. With over 20 years of event planning and culinary experience, D'Amico has established their reputation as the Twin Cities' premier caterer. They've been trusted to carry out numerous weddings, corporate functions, and nonprofit fundraisers. D'Amico has the right staff to ensure your event is perfectly executed every time. More at D'AmicoCatering.com. Vacuum cleaners. You buy them, you break them, and then you throw them away, right? Well, if you're ready to break out of that vicious cycle, we have the answer. Ever heard of A1 Vacuum? They've been around forever, offering better alternatives. So if you're ready to stop filling the landfill, give A1 Vacuum a shot. Located in Roseville and ready to show you something better. Find them at a-1vacuum.com or call 651 
Better yet, drop by. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. I'm your host, Paul Metza. With me for the whole show tonight is writer and cool cat Chris Morris. We're talking about the book he wrote that came out a couple years ago on Rothko Press called Together Through Life, A Personal Journey with the Music of Bob Dylan. You were living in Madison, Wisconsin in the early 70s, correct, Chris? Correct, yeah, I... I I went away to school there in 67, and uh, I was on a five-year plan, graduated in 72. So I was there, and then I, and then I DJed there uh, between 1974 and 77. Was it the college radio station or a commercial station? Uh, well, I, would, I did college radio when I was there, but I was, uh, uh, when I was working there professionally, uh, I was uh, on a 50,000-watt station called WIDA-FM, which was known in those days as Radio Free Madison, Hmm. Because it was a completely reform station, right? So, when did you start writing? Uh, I started writing back then. I, I, I worked for some underground papers, a, a paper called the Madison Milwaukee Bugle American. I wrote about <laughs> blues and rock and roll for them. Uh, did a little work for a paper in Madison called the Isthmus. Um, of course, I wrote for the college paper when I was at Wisconsin, um, and uh, but I didn't really start writing, a, you know, a lot. I didn't start really writing professionally until I moved out to uh, California in the late 70s. You write in your book, Together Through Life, uh, Chris Morris, about going to see the band in 1974 on LSD. <laughs> well, it wasn't just the band, it was Dylan and the band. Dylan and the um, band, yeah, right, uh, right. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I was I was a child of my time. Sure. Um, but uh, the, the the story is this: um, uh, as some people will remember, uh, the 1974 uh, tour uh, by Dylan and the band uh, was the first tour uh, Dylan did in eight years. Uh, he made like I think two public appearances between 66 and 74. Mm-hmm. And everybody wanted tickets, and all the tickets to that tour were sold via mail order. Mm-hmm. And uh, like everybody else in America, I you know, requested two tickets, and my request came back. No, sorry, you, you've lost the lottery. Right. So I was in my neighborhood bar in Chicago, and my buddy Mark Finch walked up to me, and I was commiserating with him. He said, wait a second, I thought I was supposed to get the tickets. And he literally pulled two tickets out of his pocket to the second night of the Dylan tour and handed me one. And, and how much were the tickets back then? I think they were I, something like five bucks. It, was, <laughs> it, was a, it cost virtually nothing. Right, um, right. And, and, you know, and, and at that point, of course... You know, by that point, uh, the band who were, had been the Hawks when they were backing him up mm-hmm. uh, in the in, on the on the '66 tour, they'd already become stars in their own right. So it was a big deal tour. Um, so needless to say, I was delighted, and um, uh, Mark and I decided to make the night out a little special. So uh, we dropped some acid before we went to the Chicago Stadium. Well, hell yeah! <laughs> and, why not? Um, <laughs> it it, it uh, definitely enhanced the experience. Well, you write in your book, the band was tight and hot, Robbie Robertson playing with a sting in his tail, LaVon Helm cracking the whip, Rick Danko and Richard Manuel stoking the bottom, and I love this part, and Garth Hudson creating delicate little cartoons in the air 
Yes, the drugs are taken home with his ornate organ and synthesizer fills. Under the lights, the stage seemed to undulate like molten gold. That's a beautiful description of it. Well, I was high. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, one, one, one thing to interject, last year um, uh, I worked a benefit. I hosted a benefit out here in, uh, in Los Angeles, and uh, a bunch of us uh, with, with special guests uh, we performed the first two band albums, huh. and the special guest for the show was Garth Hudson. Oh, uh, wow. And, uh, it, was, it was amazing. He just walked in, sat down, and just blew everybody's mind at, at, uh, at the keyboards. And uh, he was playing a, a Lowry organ, as he did uh, on those early tours, and it, he was just He's still a phenomenal there's musician. A, there's phenomenal a couple musician. of clips of Garth Hudson just, uh, you know, within the last few years, uh, playing a piano and I believe organ on one I saw. I'm really surprised nobody has gone out and uh, some record label and picked him up just to do an album of solo keyboard work. It would be amazing. Uh, I mean, he, he is a great improviser and, and his... I mean, there is a reason why the band, uh, why the other guys in the Hawks paid him to give them music lessons. Yeah, he's a very sophisticated musician, and um, uh, he still he still got it. Wow, you know, he can still play. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, it, it is it is a good question why no one has has offered him a deal. But it's also quite possible that maybe he's just not interested. Well. Who, you, you don't know until you ask him. Ha, get your buddy Pat That's Thomas true. on that. Get your buddy Pat Thomas That's on true. that. Maybe you could make some magic. So, <laughs> you know, that I remember when that record came out, I was actually, I graduated from high school in 1974. And uh, I liked the record. There was something there that I thought was missing. I, you know, I could listen to it again. I couldn't tell you what it was. But, and you mentioned in your book that something similar that there that the night itself that you were there even with the uh the lsd aside there was a certain magic there that didn't transfer to the record yeah well live shows are uh um they're funny things and uh uh you know from what i can gather there was uh, some you know uh recording that took place after the shows were were cut live um, and it, it just seemed like uh, there, there's some distance in the recording that wasn't present when you were in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, of course, for me, it was a, you know, a, a heightened experience, but um, it, 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 it didn't transfer well to vinyl. Right. And uh, uh, I'm just glad I, I got a chance to see one of those shows in the flesh. Now, uh, I had uh, Charlie Pierce on my show, uh, well, I've had him on twice, and uh, I don't know if we talked on the show or, or while we were recording between takes, that, you know, in 1974, Nixon would uh, eventually be out of office, but uh, when Dylan got to the line, sometimes the President of the United States must stand naked. Must have been a hell of a moment. Oh, it, a huge roar uh, went up in the in the audience when that uh, when that line hit, hmm. um, uh, it, it was uh, it was right in the thick of Watergate, of course, and um, 
uh, yeah, it, it was it was a remarkable, remarkable moment. Chris Morris is on the line from uh, sunny California. We're going to be talking to him for the whole show tonight in the Wall of Power Radio Hour. We're going to go out uh, with this segment from Bob Dylan, the band 1974, Before the Flood. You go your way and I'll go mine. It's Tom Hartman. You know, Continental Diamond is special for a lot of reasons. The owners are Jimmy and Helene Pessis, a husband and wife team who had a dream to open their own store more than 30 years ago. They built a business that is the gold standard. The readers of Minnesota Bride Magazine have named Continental Diamond the best jeweler for the last seven years. Why? Amazing, friendly, no-pressure customer service, a selection of fine diamonds and design jewelry unlike anywhere else, and the fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies are pretty great, too. Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and at ContinentalDiamond.com. I'm Steve Conklin. And I'm Jake DeRoff. We're the hosts of the Mortgage Talk Show, Sundays at 1230. Steve, what are we going to talk about this week? Are they finally ripping up the regulations around the big banks? Why is there more single female homeowners versus males? And one third of people are using their credit cards for home renovations. Is this a good idea? Check us out for more information and email us any questions at mortgagetalkshow.com. Tune in to The Mortgage Talk Show every Sunday at 1230 on AM 950. Supporting the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities has never been easier. You'll find an expansive list of local dining options at eatlocalminnesota.com, from classic American comfort food to authentic flavors from around the world. Cafe Latte offers made-from-scratch soups, salads, sandwiches, and mouth-watering desserts. Stop in the wine bar and enjoy a unique pizza loaded with fresh vegetables and perfectly roasted meats. Over 30 wines by the glass, Cafe Latte highlights Washington State wines and is the perfect destination for date night or an evening with friends. 850 Grand Avenue, St. Paul. Victor's 1959 Cafe has been serving South Minneapolis traditional Cuban food for over 15 years. Victor's is open for breakfast and lunch daily and now accepts dinner reservations too. Stop in and try the Pollo Tropicale or the Sandwich Cubano, which was featured on Food Network. More at eatlocalminnesota.com. I'm Connie Burek, co-host of Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show. Join Michelle Kitzmiller and I as we focus on all aspects of health, wellness, spirituality, and growth from a mind, body, spirit, emotion perspective. On the Awakened Living Radio Show, we will discuss stress, self-care, fear, happiness, beliefs, communication, 
joy, pain, trauma, and more. Join us for the Awakened Living Infusion radio show Saturdays at 10 a.m. Let us share with you ways to infuse vitality into life. What kind of a jackass would let an animal pick their insurance? Did you really think a lizard could save you money on car insurance? Would you let a duck pick your health policy? Insurance can be a zoo, but this is ridiculous. What you really need is an insurance agent that isn't looking out for the insurance companies. You need Cheryl at Array, an independent agent with 30 years experience looking for the best rate possible. Quit monkeying around and call 763-504-3067. That's 763-504-3067 for Cheryl at Array, representing you, not the insurance companies. With your 950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Tonight, snow is likely with up to half an inch possible. Temperature lows in the 20s. Sunday, cloudy with a high near 28 and a low around 16. Monday, partly sunny with a high near 23 and a low around 10. Tuesday, sunny with a high near 21 and a low around 12. Eat local Minnesota.com's store of the week is Lowry Hill Meats. Working directly with family farmers, Lowry Hill Meats is your neighborhood full-service butcher shop, offering beef, lamb, goat, pork, and poultry, in addition to delicious handcrafted sandwiches. Check them out at 1934 Hennepin Avenue in Minneapolis. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzen. My guest for the whole night tonight, music writer and cool cat from California, Richie from Chicago, Chris Morris, we're talking about his book, <laughs> Together Through Life, A Personal Journey with the Music of Bob Dylan. Chris, it's really interesting. Um, I, you know, I've, I've, I've reread this book now three times, and it's always, uh, there's a lot of your romantic life and what was happening to it at the time that's tied in with a probably, lot of... Probably a, probably a frightening amount of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, you talk about... It seems like for some reason you had a lot of redheads in your life. And so mm-hmm. uh, bef- uh, before we start talking about your chapter in Blood on the Tracks, you said uh, what really hit you over the head. Early one morning the sun was shining and I was laying in bed. Wonder if she changed it all if her hair was still red. So talk about uh, Blood on the Tracks, uh, your romantic life or what, what was left of it at the time and how that record related to you. Or how well, you related you know, to the record? The, the, the concept of, of what became this book um, uh, really hits home very dramatically in the chapter about that album. Um, I was uh, coming off a busted-up relationship uh, with a woman I had lived with, you know, for about three years. Uh, the great love of my life at that time, and actually, that's her picture in the book. There is huh. one photo yeah. in the book. It's a it's a uh, photo booth photo that, right. that we took of ourselves in Florida, uh, uh, I think around 1971, maybe 72. So spring of and, 72, um, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, and uh, so anyway, I was uh, I was a mess, and uh, we'd split up when I was uh, I'd moved back to Chicago for a little while, and then I went back to Wisconsin because I uh, got a job offer to spin records full time there, and. Um, uh, that album came out uh, in early 75 when, uh, after I had uh, started DJing there again. And uh, it had a pronounced impact on me. And, you know, there are a couple of references to redheaded women on that record. I was just like, whoa, Bob's <laughs> spying on me. Right, uh, right. It, it, it was uh, intense and immediate identification with, uh, with the songs and right. with what the essence of the album was about, which, and, you know, there's been a great deal of speculation about how much of that album was inspired by uh, 
his deteriorating marriage to Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, but whether it's true or not, that element is present in the lyrics of many of those songs, mm-hmm. uh, overwhelmingly so. And so my, you know, my identification went very deep, and, and that's really what that, uh, that chapter's about. You let's uh, before we forget, let's tell people out there in the Wall of Power, our radio land, where they can track down your writing, where they can get this book together through life, and uh, where they can read, which I want to talk about next, your review of the new box set, More Blood, More Tracks. Oh, okay. Um, well, first of all, uh, the, the book, uh, which is called Together Through Life, uh, is available. Um, from Amazon, and it, it collects all of the pieces that I wrote that were originally posted in uh, 2013 and 2014 uh, up through um, uh, Fallen Angels, and and um, uh, uh, also uh, there's a, a piece that I added to the book for the latest printing about uh, Triplicate, which was huh. the last album that, that uh, Dylan released. So uh, you get it all there. Right. And um, you can order it through Amazon. Uh, there are there's uh, there's there are one or two other books called Together Through Life. Just look for the one that's by Chris Morris, and you can get it. Um, and um, uh, in, in terms of the most recent thing that I wrote, uh, just last week I wrote a piece about the new uh, One on the Tracks uh, box set, More Blood, More Tracks. And uh, if you uh, uh, go to uh, uh, the Variety website. You can find it there. You can you can Google it, uh, and and uh, you should be able to find it pretty readily. What uh, what did you love about the new box set? Well, it's you know it's just nice to have everything that that's available out there. Um, uh, you know, obviously a lot of that material had been uh, heavily bootlegged. Um, I've I've never been a big bootleg guy. I have you know. Uh, you know, purported versions of the acetate version of, of the album that had, uh, you know, the, the New York renderings of, uh, of five of those songs. Um, but uh, it, it's just great to hear the way things developed and, you know, how, and, and you know, if you've heard the cutting edge, which is the 6566 material that was boxed earlier, it's very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a chance to hear how these songs developed how he changed certain lyrics, how he, uh, he would write a verse and then excise it, uh, how he fiddled around with the arrangements. Uh, you know, uh, you, you get more of an insight into his creative process. Um, and certainly with a record that's as great as that one and that's as deep as that one, uh, it's very rewarding to hear uh, uh, multiple takes of stuff and see how things develop. And, uh, you know, if I'm... Uh, if I may make a recommendation to Dylan fans, go for the big set, go for the six CD version because that's that's the McCoy. That's mm-hmm. where it's all at. I mean, single CD has twelve alternate versions from from the New York sessions, but I, I think it, it really behooves a, a fan to uh, to dive deep on that one. I remember when I was uh, reading about when it. Uh, they were first starting to publicize that it was coming out. And so there was bits and pieces from people that were involved with it. Uh, and I read somewhere about, I don't know if it was Tony Brown, the bass player, one of the session musicians from the New York city 
Blood on the Track sessions, <clears throat> said they came in and Dylan was drinking grain alcohol out of a paper cup. <laughs> and I thought, man, that is so Iron Range, you know? I just I just absolutely loved it. You know what's interesting about, you know, I'm, I just turned 63 uh, last week. You're just a few years older than me. But we have both, you a couple years more than me, have Bob Dylan has been part of our life for over five decades. Well, hence the title of the book. Yeah. and um, that, uh, was, that was very deliberate. And, you know, I should note that Together Through Life is not, by any stretch of the imagination, my favorite Bob Dylan record. But he's been present in my life for, you know, over half a century. What is and, your favorite Bob Dylan record? Uh, and, excuse me? What is your favorite Bob Dylan record? Well, that's almost a kind of a what day of the week. Right. Is it? question but well, today but what I, today what to day say, i'd have to say in terms of the one that i can listen to with great pleasure any any day of the week it's probably blonde on blonde me too um, hey thumbs up on that one you know it's funny chris because when i um heard blonde on the tracks for the first time i didn't like it at all and i literally stopped listening to bob dylan for 10 years at that point i, I probably had to cleanse my palate a little bit because it mm. didn't have that wild Mercury sound of Highway 61 or Blonde on Blonde. And then over the years, <clears throat> as when I started to re-listen to it and remember, you know, what a folly of youth uh, mistake that was to not pay attention to it when it first came out. And then get to know when I moved to Minneapolis, all the guys that had played on it. I refer to it now as the mild Mercury sound. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's yeah. got that real it, Midwest it, it thing. Just, um, I, I have a funny story to tell you. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. My first encounter with Blood on the Tracks. Uh, like I say, I was working at the station in Madison, um, and uh, I was opening the mail one day, and there was this new Bob Dylan record in the mail, Blood on the Tracks. I'm, oh, what's this? And without auditioning it, because I was working a day shift that day, right. I just... I said, here's the new Bob Dylan album, and I threw it on, dropped the needle on the first track. <laughs> God bless and you. Kind of, a, kind of a drag by the Buckinghams came out of the speakers. <laughs> it turns out that Columbia had mispressed a certain number of the first pressing of Blood on the Tracks, <laughs> and the Matrix numbers of those two records, of the best of the Buckinghams and Blood on the Tracks, were similar. And they, <laughs> they, they, did it, they screwed up a bunch of them. So, um, and, uh, I actually called up Rolling Stone and told them the story and I was made a lot, a, a random note. Uh, there was a random note about that. Fantastic. And, uh, I wish I still had the record cause it's worth a fortune. Uh, Chris, did you get to know Paul Nelson? Didn't Paul spend the rest, uh, the last part of his life in California? No, he did not. He okay. was living in New York. I okay. never knew him. Uh, some friends of mine knew him. Uh, I obviously know his work very well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one guy that I did know was very close to um, uh, Nelson was Warren Zevon. Okay, because I knew I, I got to know Warren fairly well, uh, and I interviewed him several times. Uh, but uh, and and you know, basically, Paul was the guy who helped Warren get sober because right. uh, Warren was a terrible alcoholic. Um, but but uh, never met him. But uh, certainly one of the great writers of his time, and, and obviously an enormous 
influence on on Dylan as a uh, in, in terms of just like bringing a lot of important music to the table for him. And he also founded Crawdaddy. Am I correct? Yes. No. Uh, uh, actually, um, Crawdaddy was founded by Paul Williams. Oh. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna, yeah, excuse me. Yeah. But yeah. Paul Williams uh, also has. Uh, Paul Williams. Paul Williams founded the Little Sandy Review. Yeah, right. And and uh, no, Paul Nelson founded the Little Sandy Review. Oh, Paul, Paul Nelson, excuse me. But Paul, Paul Williams. The Little Sandy Review. Yeah, but Paul. Now that we've confused everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Paul Williams wrote several books on Bob Dylan as well. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, yeah uh, Paul uh, lived for many years in San Diego, but uh, I never met him. Uh, his uh, his widow, Cindy Lee Berryhill, who's a very talented singer songwriter, mm-hmm. is a good friend of mine, and um, you know she's been a, she's been the keeper of his archives. Right. We've got a little under a minute here before we play uh, what's considered to be one of Dylan's uh, most popular tunes, "Tangled Up in Blue." Tell us what you like about not necessarily the lyrics as much as the performance by these Minneapolis cats on this track? Well, you know, uh, on the box set, you get a chance to hear what it sounded like naked. And I just think that the, the uh, Minneapolis version is much more uh, effective. Uh, uh, and and that, that kind of tingling keyboard sound uh, on that track really is what puts it, puts it over, I think. Hmm. Um, I, I, I think that the... Uh, um, I think the New York version is a little too naked, mm-hmm. and uh, and also uh, there's some lyrics that he tossed out uh, that I think are not as effective as the ones that appear on the uh, uh, the Twin Cities version. Tangled up in blue by Bob Dylan is going to take us out on this uh, segment of the Wall of Power Radio Hour, and then one more segment with the great Chris Morris. Early one morning, the sun was shining. I was laying in bed. Wondering if she'd change it all if her hair was still red Her folks, they said our lives together sure was gonna be rough They never did like mama's homemade dress Papa's banquet wasn't big enough And I was standing on the side of the road Rain falling on my shoes The number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. Due to unprecedented corporate media consolidation, roughly six corporations now dominate the media. For democracy to work, people need easy access to independent and diverse sources of news and information. I'm Amy Goodman. Join me and Juan Gonzalez as we speak with international journalists, grassroots leaders, peace activists, artists, academics, and independent analysts. Democracy Now! offers real, independent news and analysis. Catch Democracy Now! every weekday at 2 p.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.
November is Govember at Rudy Luther Toyota. With the end of 2018 in sight, it's time to clear out the remaining 2018 Toyotas. Rudy Luther has huge discounts on the most popular small SUV, the RAV4, and Toyota is offering a $3,000 rebate on 2018s through November. If you want a larger SUV, try the 2018 Highlander with 0% financing for 60 months. You'll also get the Holiday Station gas discount for three years with purchase of a new Rudy Luther vehicle. November is Govember, so get going over to Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Located just north of 50th in France, the Great Wall Restaurant has provided a delicious taste of authentic Chinese cuisine since 1981. Specializing in Sichuan and Peking dishes, they offer one of the most extensive menus in the Twin Cities. Favorites include hot and sour soup, pan-fried dumplings, and mushu pork with homemade Chinese pancakes. Stop by their Edina location or call for takeout at 952-927-4439. See the full menu at greatwallrestaurant.us. No matter what your taste, you'll find the music you're looking for at the Electric Fetus. Pick from rock, pop, international, roots music, and so much more on CD and vinyl. Or create your own compilation of favorites with the exclusive Mix and Burn CD station. Only available at the Electric Fetus. Dust off your vinyl or just make some space by turning your unwanted music into cash. The used selection changes daily, so check out the new arrivals often. 2000 4th Avenue South in Minneapolis and online at efetus.com. Hi, it's Tom Hartman. You know, Continental Diamond is special for a lot of reasons. The owners are Jimmy and Helene Pessis, a husband and wife team who had a dream to open their own store more than 30 years ago. They've built a business that is the gold standard. The readers of Minnesota Bride Magazine have named Continental Diamond the best jeweler for the last seven years. Why? Amazing, friendly, no-pressure customer service, a selection of fine diamonds and design jewelry unlike anywhere else, and the fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies are pretty great, too. Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and at ContinentalDiamond.com. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. We just heard a little bit of Bob Dylan's Mississippi from his record, Love and Theft. We have Chris Morris on the line. We've been talking about his great book, Together Through Life, A Personal Journey with the Music of Bob Dylan. Of all of the chapters and all of the songs and records you wrote about and ex and present girlfriends, the one that was most mind-blowing, Chris, was 
September 11th, 2001. You tell us the story of that day in your life and love and theft. Well, that was, that was the day that love and theft was released. Um, and we know what else happened that day yep. uh, in, in the world at large. Um, I was uh, working at Billboard magazine at that point, and I spent the whole day um, uh, uh, talking to people in New York about what had happened there. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, when I got home that night, and I'd been up since 5 that morning, and I was completely exhausted, I walked in the door, and uh, my, uh, my wife, my second wife, um, asked me for a divorce. Um, and unbelievable. Short, yeah. Short, shortly thereafter, um, it's been in the works for some time, uh, obviously, but, um, shortly thereafter, I found myself crashing around Los Angeles. Uh, you know, I couldn't live where I was living. So I was staying with friends here and there. And the one constant that I had in my life at that point, um, was uh, a copy of Love and Theft, which came out that day. Huh. And I just carried it with, with me, and um, uh, it, it really resonated for me. It, it's, um, it's not a dark record, actually, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a bluesy record. And, um, sounds like uh, a dark uh, ex-wife, though. Excuse me? I said it sounds like a dark ex-wife. I mean, your, your, your wife that asked you for divorce that day, after everything w- that went down, she really thought that was the day to ask for a divorce? Oh, the, the, the divorce paper showed up in my office the next day. Oh. It, it, was all, it was all in play already. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it, uh, um, uh, needless to say, we haven't spoken for a while. <laughs> uh, um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it was the right record at the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it, it buoyed me. Uh, it was a very dark period in my life, but it, 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 it buoyed me and, and uh, it warmed me. And um, uh, it, it's just a gorgeous record. It's so beautifully written. The songs are so soulful. Um, uh, interestingly enough, there's, a, there's another record on uh, another song on that record called uh, 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 High Water. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's dedicated to Charlie Patton. And my other constant companion at that time was a big box set of all of Charlie Patton's recordings that Revenant Records had just put out. Hmm. So, um, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that was the blues I was living with at the time. But it was, uh, um, it was, a good, it was good company to have. Um, uh, I, I, wish, I wish it hadn't been such good company. <laughs> right, right. Chris, what do you think? Chris Morris, uh, a writer and cool cat and Bon Vivant from California. What do you think of Dylan's place in the American hierarchy, a hierarchy of characters and personalities besides being a phenomenal songwriter? Well, he's so big that he encompasses a lot of what's in America. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, and uh, love him or hate him, uh, you're going to find something interesting in what he's doing. Um, he's, he's the most uh, protean artist I can think of. Um, it's interesting, like my other favorite artist of all time is Miles Davis. Mm-hmm. And like, like Dylan, Miles never stopped exploring. He never stopped prodding. He never uh, quit doing 
interesting work. One of the last records he made was a hip-hop record. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very similar talents. Um, they, they range widely through all of American musical experience. Dylan, because he's a songwriter and not just an instrumentalist, uh, uh, encompasses even more. Um, he, he's, uh, uh, he touches on so many different things. And, and that's why his, his, uh, his work is, is so rich. Um, and, and he, he, he pulls from all different kinds of traditions. I mean, uh, it's been interesting that the last three records he's, uh, graced us with, uh, all our, uh, um, uh, interpretations of songs made popular by Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, uh, he can go practically anywhere in, uh, on, the, uh, on the American musical landscape and draw up something interesting and revealing. He's and a, that's why he's always going to be with us. And he's uh, probably one of the most knowledgeable students of American music and history that there is in pop- popular culture. Oh, I think absolutely. You know, uh, his, his depth of knowledge is remarkable. What? Um, you, you get a little taste of it when you read uh, uh, Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's, he's deeply read not just on music but on everything. And uh, that's why you never know what he's going to be able to conjure up. When was the last time you heard Bob live, Chris Morris? It's been a little while. Um, I'm trying to remember. One concert that sticks in my mind is probably got to be coming up on 10 years ago, uh, was a show he did at the Forum uh, with, with his band. Um, uh, and uh, this is a lineup uh, that had Charlie Saxon in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw him do a really uh, pretty wonderful show at the Pantages Theater out here in, in L.A., uh, where he was co-billed with Merle Haggard. Wow. Uh, that, was, that was a pretty special evening. Two like-minded um, although, cats. I'm sorry? I said two like-minded cats and the other yep. great uh, American icon, songwriter, and student of American history, the late, great Merle Haggard. Yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to interview Merle like five times when he was with us, and uh, uh, it was always a treat. And uh, he was his own man, just like Dylan. We, uh, Chris Morris, I want to thank you for your time tonight on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Uh, I also want to track down a copy of Los Lobos, Dream and Blue. I've Saw Los Lobos' first show in Minneapolis at the 7th Street entry in 1983. A good buddy of mine sells merch for him for the last 10 or 15 years, Miles Jacob. And so I've got to hang out with the boys over the years, jam with them a little bit after parties in town. And we need to talk about that. I want to thank you, too, for this great book, Together Through Life, A Personal Journey with the Music of Bob Dylan by Chris Morris. Thanks for your insight, Chris. And uh, let's stay in touch and say hi to my buddy Pat Thomas out there. Absolutely, Paul. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Wall and Power Radio Hour. This show is produced by Paul Metza, engineered by Brett Johnson. We'd like to thank our guest, Chris Morris. Follow me at paulmetza.com. Every Thursday night at Shaw's Bar from 5 to 7.30 with Willie Walker, the Green Lantern in St. Paul, the middle of Mirrors Park, 9-11 with Sonny Earl. Remember, like my dad used to tell me, to be kind and make someone happy. There will be no power brokers, the wall of power will fall.